0: is the land which has no call for wars Hm? arms money nor taxes well that land is here no tax gatherers bill shall ever threaten our church door we i tell thee we we are free men and as free men anyone can choose to pursue the inspiration from h.p lovecraft allow the cast of cthulhu to be your guide to the world of h.p lovecraft adaptations and inspirations from the superb to the truly cosmically horrific i am jim roner and i'm james mccormick And today we'll be talking about 2018's Apostle, written and directed by Gareth Evans, his English language follow-up to the Raid franchise, which was sent straight to Netflix. Um, To be clear, Apostle was sent straight to Netflix. Right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also, uh, Gareth Evans, not his first foray into uh, cult horror, Uh having been also the writer and director on Safe Haven, um, the installment from... I would say inarguably the best of the VHS franchise, VHS two. Yep.
1: I agree with that hundred percent. So yeah. Um,
0: I used to get into not arguments, uh debates with people when that came out as to which one was the best installment. Consensus was Safe Haven, mine was uh UFO Slumber Party. Well um, Jason,
1: Jason Eisner, that's and, and that's becoming a, a, a feature film now too.
0: Oh, is it? Okay. Well I think well, in- just,
1: I think it is wrapped, actually, yeah.
0: Okay, but it, it, here's the, it's not even so much because I love Jason Eisner as right. a director because outside of that, the only thing I've seen from him is Hobo with a Shotgun, which is, like, yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I love UFO stuff, and they just don't, like, that is a genre that died in, like, the 90s. Like, they just don't make UFO things anymore.
1: Yeah, you're no, you're right. Like, I've been, I, yeah, You usually with, like, UFO stuff, it's, like, I have to kind of go back to the 80s and 90s that's true. I, you know what it is? It's probably like kind of died out with the X Files.
0: It did, you know, and and, I, and when it when you have UFOs, it's more now attached to certainly not horror. It's more attached to sci-fi and spectacle. Um,
1: well, yeah, think about like like we've covered some films like with yeah, you know, that kind of a, uh, and then you have stuff like you know, The Martian, the you know, Arrival,
0: stuff yeah, like yeah, that.
1: That's like you said. No, you're right. It's very big spectacle, like you know. You're right. There's something that that's missing. Like we need more sci-fi, like the horror, like you know, where it's just like aliens that just want to like rip you apart.
0: Well, yeah, because you know which two movies scared the shit out of me as a kid. Uh, I know one of them, Fire in the Sky. Fire in the Sky. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> Communion.
1: Oh yeah. You know Communion is one that's very underrated. Like uh, like uh, Crystal Walking, going oh God. <laughs>
0: well, but I, and I'm sure if I saw both of them now, because I haven't seen them in well over 20 years, if I saw both of them now, they'd be tame. And actually, I, I get the sense community would be like, "This is actually kind of dumb." Yeah, but... Fire,
1: Fire in the Sky. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I watched that. I think I watched that during the pandemic with mm-hmm. with Corinne and we, like we're watching and like you know it's it's well made. And but once it gets to the alien stuff, it is creepy. It, it's still. Yeah. It still works. It, it's it's kinda of like the best of like how X Files would like get to the best of the, the alien abduction stuff. Mm-hmm. Fire Sky had it like, you know, years before, so you could tell Chris Carter saw that and went, Oh shit, I'm gonna try to match this every time because there's something about being like enveloped and not being able to breathe and trying to like find find a way to breathe again. And that's like, oh my god. And and of course it's like, oh, this is Supposedly based on a true story. I mean, it is based on a true story, but like, the you know, the whole, you know, abduction thing is like, oh, my God, like, this really happened to this guy. And of course, you know, who, does, who knows, but whatever. That's,
0: that's the thing that I wonder if what helped kill it was there was a cultural fascination with these as true stories. And we, we've we kind of as yeah. a society move past. like, no, this is this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ghost stories for some reason are still being told and and adapted and that kind of stuff but for some reason we as a society agreed like no people who claim to have seen aliens they're fucking wackos right and it's like yeah you're you're right about that because like you know
1: corinne and i are you know we're both into like ghost stuff and alien stuff but like you're right if if you're watching a reality type show about aliens you know not even because usually the, the talking heads are like Oh, you're a psycho, or you something's wrong with you, like oh, you know, like like aliens, man.
0: No, and, it, and like, and why, and the, why is
1: that? You're right. Why is that? It's it's the same idea of like I saw something that I swear to God I saw, but can I prove it?
0: And because you even there's plenty of reality TV shows out there, uh, ghost hunters, and ghost um, you, know, you know, ghost adventures, destination fear, yes, like all, yeah. all these kind of things, which are like which mostly deal with the paranormal and 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 ghosts and we kind of like yeah there's an ardent following around that but then when you have stuff like (laughs) ancient um, aliens yeah ancient aliens or even i tried to watch it uh i tried to watch this show on netflix at the beginning of my paternity leave when my son was born but um the secrets of skinwalker ranch I, yeah. I don't know. I, I'd be curious as to like to be on someone else's podcast to talk about this, but like when it comes to ghost hunters who firmly believe we are capturing presence of ghosts, we're like, yeah, man, you probably are. But then you see these psychopaths and the seekers of Skinwalker Ranch who are like, yeah, oh, this was probably aliens. Like, ugh, get out of here. And and
1: well, why, why? Yeah, is that no? And and funny the the thing with Skinwalker Ranch because I've seen so many, you know. You know, Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters. Dest- yep. I think Destination Fear and all these other. I used people to love Ghost Hunters. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't. Know. There's something about it. I love it's, for some reason, those shows. Like I just love because sometimes you go, what if? But for some reason, the alien stuff. While I want to, you know, I want to believe. <laughs> you know, it's one of those. <laughs> things. It's one, but it's true. It's one of those things where if I go around going, if and it's true. If I say, oh man, you know like I, I i experienced like like what i believe was a ghost attack you know something people go holy shit really wow that's that's scary man but if i said oh you know an alien like came and abducted me be like okay you're on drugs <laughs>
0: yeah i why <laughs> why is that this is i want right. to I'm yeah, gonna have to... yeah we to
1: yeah this this is something yeah this is something there's a correlation here there's something yeah. and skinwalker ranch is something that's both People say it's aliens and people say it's like the supernatural, like the whole where you know, skinwalkers, yeah, the, you know, yeah, sw- the, the,
0: the the creatures from um Native yeah, American lore, sure, yeah, but it's right. I, I well, don't know, I don't know, it, it, I don't know. we because we uh, we haven't even gotten started on our topic yet. And- well,
1: well, that's what I was gonna say, we're gonna get into something that's more reality based, even though.
0: It, then, well, yeah. it go,
1: then it goes into places where it's like, it's not, oh, yeah. okay. Well,
0: well, even, and even even before we got into that, uh, I want to address the elephant in the room. Yes, it's been a long time since we did an episode. Uh, apologies to our listeners, all you know, six or seven of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it. Obviously, I had a kid in November. We took some time off for that to kind of work some things out. I also started a new job in January, which is back to the kind of ten to six schedule. So I. I I, I just I, I'm still working on how to balance the two, how to schedule things and how to sync James and I's schedule up because we are now back to having the exact opposite schedules and it makes it a little difficult. We were talking off or off mic before we started this of just uh, it's not just the the thing of like adjusting our schedules, but also when do we have the time with our schedules to sit down and watch this extra stuff when there's right. so much. Other stuff that we would naturally already want to watch, um, you know, oh, what well, was us? Of course, we're not asking for sympathy. It's just the reality of, of syncing these things up that we are having trouble with. But um, we hope to be back to regularly scheduled programming this month and moving forward. But also we do ask for some sympathy, not sympathy, some understanding that if we get off that a month or two, you know, please just understand no one's paying us to do this stuff we're doing it on our own time yeah (laughs) we're 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 doing it for the fun of it you know the fun of it we're we're beholden to each other um and (laughs) of course one other thing which is not relevant but i just want to talk about uh real quick james what did you think of revolution
1: i think it's actually while watching it live i was like okay it's pretty good and then by the end i'm like that's probably one of the better pay-per-views i've seen in a while, and what, there were no like stinkers. Like no, even, it, even Wardlow and Joe was like probably my least favorite. That still like was a good Haas fight. So I'm like, yeah. And that that RMM match was probably was awesome. one. Yeah, that's probably one of the best RMN matches because it told a story. And then, you know, I don't know if you saw the the aftermath, the the interview that Brian Danielson did. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. that, I mean, when I watched that, I was like this is the saddest, like, like the saddest, like, you know, go home afterward. Like, Oh, I'm, I want to go home now, you know, be with my kids. And you're like, Oh yeah. my God. Like, like, like MJF broke him. He yeah. they actually broke Brian Danielson. So now like MJF is like the ultimate heel, like, like even more so now that you broke the greatest wrestler of all time. How dare you, you mother. <laughs> but no, it was a great, it was a great show. And I, I actually went back and rewatched the, uh, even the Trios match with, which my, my guys, the House of, Black, even though I love the Elite,
0: the House of Black, I'm like, they're just on fire right now. They're just, Brody Thank- King alone. Holy shit. For my money, the Trios match was the match of the evening. Yeah, okay,
1: see, yeah, good. Yeah, that was
0: my uh, favorite. Yeah. Uh, and, I know I had, I had talked to our mutual friend Brandon about, like, you know, what does yes. it say about a league where you're, your champion just isn't fighting? Like, it, it, it reflects kind of poorly on you, where your world champion, like, shows up to jibber-jabber, but he doesn't actually ever defend his title. And I have to say, yeah, he, this match was worth the wait. And, like, nope, why why would I ever doubt this man? Like, this was a great show. Um, yeah. My, my one... Well, two hiccups for the same thing, but like I, I tried to stream it the night of, but I, I started late. You know, the show starts at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. I think I tuned in at like eight thirty, eight forty-five, or whatever. Okay. Okay. Um. And I was watching on um, my Roku, and it has a bad fast forward function and re- and rewind function. So when I started watching, it didn't start from the beginning; it started in progress. Right. So as soon as I started watching, I saw Ricky Starks beating Chris Jericho. Ah shit! So I had to rewind all the way back, which I couldn't just hold down the button and do it. I have to keep hitting, and it yep. only jumps at seven second intervals. Yep. So I was like, oh, okay, well, this is annoying. And so then at some point, have to feed the kid, have to put him to bed. So I basically missed the. Remainder of the Texas death match.
1: That match was also like, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> um
0: missed the Wardlow and Joe match. Okay. Yeah. And there was one other that I missed. Oh no, what I should have missed the tag team match because that was that was fine. It was fine. It was, you know, fun, but like, okay, you know. But so what happens is I finally get to the main event. And I'm sitting down and watching it. And it's like, it's fucking great. It's going, you know, fall for fall. There's submissions. There's yeah. pins. There's all sorts of stuff. There's, you know, MJF shenanigans. And then the counter is coming up on the corner. And of course, it's going down. And because I started late, it hits 15 seconds. And the message pops up. This stream is now ended. So I didn't even see the end of the Iron Man match. Oh, fuck. And Keeping in mind the obsolescence of the fast forward and rewind function yes i could go back and immediately start watching it but then i would had to fast forward through almost four hours of programming to get to the end i'm like i'm i'm not doing this and so no, I, no. I i you know i went to bed frustrated twitter of course told me who won yeah. um but then i went back the next day and finally like you know had enough time to fast forward and, and finally like watch the conclusion of it and it was a a, a Somewhat of a silly conclusion, but still pretty good. But, um, it, it, like you said, it's MGF shenanigans. That's what it was. Like, it, again,
1: he proved that he can't win fairly. Like, mm-hmm. even though you know it's there. He, he, he'll he be, like, the if he wants to, he'll be the greatest babyface of all time if he wants to be. That's how yeah. good he is uh, as a heel that you're, like... It's kind of like how, like, The Rock. When The Rock was a heel, you couldn't help but, like, love him after a while because he was just funny. Yep. But... Mjf, that's why Mjf goes so far with his promos because I think he just like, no, you gotta hate me, like I'm a scumbag.
0: Come on, I I did love when he directly in the match in the camera yelled at it and was like, what do you think about this? Dave Meltzer's only gonna give me one star. Like the the fact that he was that he is, has the awareness of it is like yeah. he's so well, he's so good. I
1: mean, when 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 Brian Anderson was trying to skin the cat and he drops kicks him and then Mjf does the Shawn Michaels pose to make fun of Shawn Michaels. I'm like, wow! And it's the whole Iron Man thing. Like, like, like he's so good at it. So you're like, God damn it! Like you're so like I want to punch you in the face, but you're also so good you
0: know, at great. what and, you're doing. And my my wife won't watch it with me. She'll be on the couch as I'm watching it, just kind of like not paying attention. But she, even she loves his shtick of coming out and insulting whatever crowd, <laughs> whatever city. I'm like, that's a, that's a typical heel thing. But just like, yeah, and and but the fact that he plays into it by like. I am from an elite, you know, Long Island community, and also I think he leans a little bit into unspokenness, but he leans a little bit into like anti-Semitism. Like you're going to be anti-Semitic. Like yeah. I'm, I'm going to play into that to to make himself even more of a oh, of yeah. an effective heel. I, he's so he's so goddamn good. Yeah, he's he's a heel from like he's basically
1: what like you know what real heat is, where you want to see him get beat. As opposed mm-hmm. to like go away heat, where it's like, "Boo, you suck," because I don't want to see you on my. Instead, it's like, like the best heels are the ones that one they believe in what they're doing is right. Like they don't give a shit. Like no, yeah. I'm I'm this is who, I'm the greatest because of what I'm saying. It I am the greatest. I believe it. And two, you you want to see them get beat, and when they win, you get more angry, and you want to see the next match. And when mm-hmm. like we were saying. He makes you want to pay to see him
0: wrestle. The thing about MJF, the 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 I wanted to tie the bow on with as good of work as he's doing. When he loses, it has to be to someone that is worthy, that is worth like cooling that heat or taking on that momentum. And I gotta say, yeah, it, sh- it shouldn't be Mox. No, it shouldn't be Hangman. No, it shouldn't be fucking Jericho or. Ricky Starks or even Kenny Omega. Here's what I think it's going to be. And I don't know if I think it's right, but I think also from a narrative standpoint, it does make sense. I think it's going to be punk. You know, <clears throat> I, I, was, they're finally, I was. thinking they're going to so. bring him back out of exile because that's going to make the crowd go nuts. And whether you think that that's right or not, because of his whole, whatever yeah the blow up existence yeah um i think that's the only thing that can match or even surpass the 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 thrill of seeing him lose with your thrill of seeing this person be elevated because also because since he's like 65 years old and kept getting injured he never really had that much time with the title anyway
1: no exactly i mean personally i think the guy that should ultimately be built up and ultimately fight MGF and beat him in a one in one in a war of words and also a war of you know the ring is Adam Cole, but that's just me.
0: Oh yeah, okay, that's that's, that's good too. Because
1: the guy that's coming back as the ultimate good guy now because he yeah, appreciates that because he's the opposite now. He used to yeah. be the heel, he got hurt badly, and now he appreciates everybody. He appreciates every moment that he has. I think that's the to me that's an easy story like that, no that that makes that makes, but, that makes a lot but that's i think i sense. but i think you're you're right if cuz I, I w- and i think if they play that well and punk actually you know comes back i mean remember punk's going to come back if i really think if he's behind the scenes makes amends with everybody like they just shake on it like look we all we all did fucked up shit let's just get over it and let's make a lot of money that's like that's wrestling right there and and you know what? I think, I hate your guts, but you know what? We can make so much more money if we're together as opposed to apart.
0: Listen, and they they will. He was yeah. he was the number one seller yeah. for merchandise before he he got shit canned. That and, shit canned. He's, well, he's technically suspended, but yeah. That and before Danhausen came along, <laughs> he, he's
1: the number one seller. Which is I love Danhausen. That so makes play. sense. And he doesn't have to win a match. Danhausen proves
0: that you don't have to win to be over. So. <laughs> Anyway, we are here to talk about uh, yes. Apostle. I was about to say The Raid because it's been so long since we started this episode that I almost forgot we were talking about. We 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 are talking about Apostle. Um, I almost said Gareth Edwards' first English English language film, but I haven't seen his stuff before The Raid, so I would just say oh. his first English language film since The Raid. Um, yeah, but, I, mean,
1: uh, I mean, I I've seen Marintao was like the first film I saw of him, and then The Raid and and. Of second
0: did, rate did he have another one i think called footsteps was his first yeah i've never i've never that one i've never seen yeah from 2006 but yeah. um yeah no this uh, i had seen this movie before i saw it when it first came out um on netflix and i don't know what i was doing at the time seeing it because i my impression i remember was like yeah this was fine um and as i was watching it again now five years later for this episode i texted james and i said this movie fucking slaps like it's so good, and I don't know what I what mindset I was in that I that I didn't appreciate it for what it was, but like it's I you know we can get into it uh, later, but man, now I just want Gareth Evans to make a Silent Hill movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I mean, what I love about Gareth Evans is that he,
1: at heart, he's an action director. yeah, any he, any he, and, he, and he's done some of the best action sequences by anybody in the last you know, twenty years. Mm -hmm. So now he's, you know, in this film, he's making a culty folklore horror film. And it still has that that action sensibility of like the pacing and like the scenes. And I think that's why it this feels like an outlier of of this kind of a film, because usually and, you know, we've seen some and, you know, usually they're more, you know, slow going. And then you get like. The beats and you and it builds your crescendo. This one, like, like, I I have to say, like, it, what it almost like gets you every time where you're like, oh shit, what's gonna happen now? Like, he's gonna get caught, and then mm. it doesn't even matter when he's like known. Like, it's one of it's it's a weird film because usually you think it's gonna go one way with the story of like you know Thomas is like you know has to pretend that he's one of their you know flock you know like Mm that come to like you know to you know pay tribute to malcolm and his congregation and stuff but like really it's it's not it's not even halfway through the movie where danny's just on the run like like you know he's already been found out like he's known Mm -hmm. even though you're thinking it's going another way when he does not wanting to, but he has to protect Malcolm at like that one point, like a half hour in, and it's like, holy shit, okay, this is going weird ways. And then we get, and then, and that's not even going into the uh, the witch who like
0: loves blood, like you know, <laughs> so love, 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 blood sacrifices. Yeah, I I yeah. had misremembered this movie that uh like I had misremembered it being a a cult movie, which was right right. Entirely human base, which like no, there is a deity of some extent yes um let's let's get the question out of the way. I, I would say this movie is not lovecrafting in any way, shape or form. it's got cults, but it's very pagan and yes, yeah, it's more pagan um, but like for some reason, the I don't know why a lot of like it has that
1: feel it's a it's not lovecrafting, but it has a feel of like that kind of a world and well,
0: I don't know what that is, is
1: you know like, there's something about it where I'm watching I'm like, this isn't lovecrafting, but I know why people would think this is
0: well uh, because i think it's it's simplistic to think well there's a cult so it's involved in that but also does similarly 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 have that journey where you have a protagonist who's like who is going to into this who's kind of infiltrating this kind of cult and you you think oh he's going to discover stuff which is he is not aware of that kind of shakes his the his existence to his core and while he does discover something that he did not expect right what I think is the big difference here is that that existential crisis that a Lovecraftian protagonist has he had that before this movie even started yes which was his fall from his Christian faith being you know witnessing the slaughter of missionaries in China you know literally seeing people tortured and burned alive so his like he's been shaken already, so his journey is not from belief into disbelief. His journey is from disbelief into belief. So it's it's an entirely opposite journey, basically.
1: And 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 his belief goes from not even just oh, I believe in God now. It's like I believe in this other world. There's other spiritual, you know, you know, whatever you want to say, deity type of thing does exist. And well, I, I and now I've seen what
0: she's seen. It's it's you know, I find this so interesting because for yeah. years I, I've I've dabbled in my mind with this idea of a of a, a short horror film in the sense of uh, how mm. can how can someone have belief in the divine validated by evil instead of good? Well, yeah, and you kind of have that at least in this movie in the sense that he 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 sees and he's exposed the fact that there is something. There is some type of deity or supernatural force. It itself is good. It's people that have corrupted it and tried to, you yeah. know, have, have tried to abuse it. Just as has happened with, you know, the, his 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 Christian mission or what have, kind of happens. It, it's it's a recognition of there is something beyond us, but it's people that ruin it, um, or people that spoil it, and people that make it evil. I had completely forgotten that it was Quinn who is ultimately the villain of this movie. I thought it was Michael Sheen's character. No, no, and and that's the thing, like. Even though he's still a villain, Michael Sheen's character, he's not the
1: worst of them. And when, we, when Quinn comes, and Quinn, what I love about his character is like he's the silent type in the beginning, mm-hmm. and he just builds to, no, I deserve it because I'm the one that exploited her. Like, like You know what I mean? He's the one that's like, I'm the one that controlled it from the beginning, and then how pathetic Michael Sheen's character was that he didn't want to sacrifice people. Mm-hmm. to this deity. He kept cutting his own hand to feed after the animals didn't, the blood of animals was not working anymore because she had a a, a hunger for something more. And mm-hmm. and I love Quinn goes into full, when he goes full heel, <laughs> going back to our wrestling speak, when he, when he goes to the dark side beyond like he just like we'll get into that where oh the stuff he does is so deplorable. And I, I really feel like, the, um, I forgot the actor's name, but he's, like, channeling Oliver Reed so much. Like, like like, <laughs> like sleazy, scummy, so, like, over-the-top, but, like, believable over-the-top, where you're like, I do not want to mess with this guy. Like, he is so unhinged. And, no. if, he, and if he's willing to slaughter his own child for his beliefs... Yeah, man. He'll do anything, and we see that he does even worse stuff after that,
0: or at least has has uh, aspirations to well, even well, worse. Oh, stuff. oh, yeah,
1: yeah. When we get into that, it's like, oh, you're not just. To- oh no, no. Mm-hmm. Oh God, no. Please, no.
0: It's it is a, 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 a actor I believe by the name of Richard Elfin, unless I am um, looking at the wrong um, character. Oh no, no. Here, Mark Lewis Jones is is the actor that plays Quinn um a real yeah. scan a, a real brief scan here so i mean yeah talented dude has appeared in a whole bunch of great stuff um including uh the chernobyl t- uh, tv series which is amazing um the crown yeah. and uh, apparently a so he was also in gangs of london which i know is a series that gareth edwards worked yes. on after this yeah um and a character i don't remember from the last jedi uh captain kennedy no idea who that i'm is. not i'm not in the last jedi. i don't
1: know and then he was also in uh Master Commander, one of the greatest
0: uh, boating, uh you know, like Boat movies ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, you had mentioned the skill in the direction of this movie uh, because like you said, there's certainly the cult stuff and there's the paranormal stuff, but also what makes it so great and so so like propels the momentum for is for the first half of the movie we have the tension driving us in a sense of how is he going to how is he going to to um, hide himself, or, or or how will he not be discovered? Yeah. Then halfway through, as you mentioned, he is discovered. So then the then the tension, the question becomes: How is he going to get out of this? Yes. Meanwhile, we have the validation of like, yeah, there is a deity here, and she's really fucking creepy. Yeah. Um. And I just think of the the way that like, there are some really not horrific in the sense of like, oh, God, that's terrible, but like horrific in the sense of scary visuals in this, especially when he when Dan Stevens, who I completely forgot until watching this movie, like, oh, no, he's English. I thought he was an American guy. Yeah, Um, actually an English guy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Thanks, the guest. Um, (laughs) Yep. When he is trying to avoid or evade Michael Shannon's character. So he dives into what we can only assume is like a trench of blood and guts and grossness yeah you see see the head of this woman slowly emerge from and at first you see it from from the angle where the camera's positioned looking at him so you see this head rising up in front of the camera you're like what the hell is that and it gives your mind a couple seconds to like worry like what is appearing in front of him it's such a small but smart decision where it's you don't just see her rising up and you see her face you see him looking at something, which is coming up. And it's yeah. so, oh, it's just, it's, it's well, gives me chills just thinking about it right well, now. What,
1: well, what about, okay, so like I said, with this movie, the moment that it took a turn where I'm like, oh, okay, this is what it, this is, okay, there's something more going on was when he comes home, when it well, goes back to like where he's living in this, it's community, and they all have to pay tribute, so they all have to bleed into the mm-hmm. jars for for this, but he doesn't know that. He's just like, "Oh, they're crazy." When he takes from someone else and pours it in, so like, oh, okay, I don't have to cut myself. But then he does cut himself because of the key, and <laughs> then the blood falls onto the floor. Mm-hmm. And when he goes into the room and closes the door, and you see the blood, then then you're like, "Okay, and something else is going on," because you see the blood slowly moving towards the crack, and then it cuts to who she is but you don't know who it is like like salivating and like eating eating up this blood and you're like what the fuck was that like 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 that's how i was like even i was like okay and this is after working you know a terrible it like the previous night was a terrible terrible night for me at work it was just it was like a it was like a christmas truck that's how Mm -hmm. much stuff came in like i don't know what the hell's going on with my with my company right now but that somehow was like okay, I'm up now. now. Now I'm like I'm I'm involved because I already was like digging it, but like th- when that happened, that's not even 20, 25 minutes in, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this is some weird shit. Like, what is what? Who is that? Are there or you know, in my head, I'm like, are there multiple people down there? Is it just one deity? I don't know what the hell that thing is. And then that also ties into the other thing that's going on in this movie, where she. Is choosing him now. She wants yeah. him to be her, basically her. I guess you could say spokesperson, like her voice. <laughs> but also wants her wants him to free her by any means, which, mm-hmm. which then something else happens. But like, and of course, like this, and again, this is something that's like in a lot of Lovecraft or Lovecrafty and stuff, where the the person that like you could say a non-believer, or any like like has been either doesn't believe or has been forced not to believe anymore because of some tragedy mm-hmm. is almost becoming like the new, you could say savior or like, you know, because they don't believe so much that almost makes the deity want them more because that's like more power. Because if I get them to believe something, I can like maybe siphon that off or like, we, because again, we don't know what the hell's going on. As as viewers, either we're like it, this movie doesn't tell you everything. It, it it almost like shows you a lot of stuff more than tells you, and I kind of appreciate that too. You know what I mean? That and we get the flashbacks of the three. Because okay, so from what I gather, Michael Sheen's character and the two others were criminals, right? Like they escaped criminals. Is that what it was? I, I
0: my like <sighs> no, I, so I, I think there, I think they were enemies of the state. Like I think yes, so, you know so, political enemies. So, my my idea was, yeah, the, so that they they basically, sort of like you know, the people at the beginning of the witch, like they yes. sort of had a belief which like, okay, we, you are you're expelled, like you are yeah. out of here because you believe something different from what the state or community right. has sanctioned kind of thing. so they so they were looking for their their new home to start their colony already, and then they found this woman, Quinn realized what it was capable of, and okay, now now we're gonna thrive. We're starting our own religion um our own thing um and then uh, no and no and like that's the thing too like think about that the
1: three of them crash on this island Mm -hmm. okay and they find this deity and whatever but somehow they convinced all like these other people to start coming there like (laughs) that's even crazier to me right like it's just oh we're here we're hiding out but like we're also getting all these people to come like not i'm not saying it's a lot of people but it's like enough
0: well, you know, maybe maybe it starts with like, you know, family and friends at first, like, you know, um, right. You know, Trust maybe we fled like my sister is back at home. And so she's wondering where I am and like, hey, by the way, here, here's where I landed. And I know that you care about me or you want to get out, too. So here's the thing. Um, but I want to I want to mention, yeah, that or, or talk about that, that idea you had where it's like, here's the person who is not believing in something and how whatever force is like, oh, that's even better for me. And that makes sense, especially in this context where if you're dealing with a cult and we've we've been seeing this time and again these days, especially with like true crime documentary series being so huge. I mean, yes. the, the Nexium cult, um, the the Sarah Lawrence sex cult, um, all these kind of things were like, why? Like, how do cults and cult leaders thrive or or prey on people is these people have been through something. They are lacking something. Yes. And they think they can find it. Or these cult leaders are charismatic enough to be like, I can give you what you need, I can fill you, I can complete you again, and making them so dependent on them as this, the central figure, the irony or the parallel being in this community, they are all dependent on this deity, but she never wanted to be that thing, instead of a, yeah, instead of a parasitic relationship of like the, the the core of this belief is feeding on those people those people are feeding on the core of this and like and you yeah she eventually gets to a point where when when dan stevens finally like is able to meet her and talk to her, it's like kill me like i yeah you know, free me and you're thinking, yeah, free me,
1: yeah. and of course you're thinking like before the moment happens you're like oh he's gonna free her and then all hell's gonna break. no he frees her in in, in his own special way and that all hell breaks loose. Either like it also <laughs> like no matter what, all hell breaks loose. And I kind of yeah. I really appreciate that too. Where every time I thought the film was going to go like the t- stereotypical way of a lot of these cult films, where okay, this is what's happening, it kind of throws a curveball. Like I, I mean, you can see like Gareth Evans probably has watched a lot of these types of films, and th- and this film feels like a lost to me. It feels like a lost like Hammer film in a sense oh, that, hey. yeah, I can you see know, that. like camera film, it feels like in the same world as The Wicker Man, like that kind of a feel of like very, and again, it, it does feel like in the same wheelhouse as as The Witch. But it's weird that, I and I really think because this film was on Netflix, like a Netflix exclusive, I think mm-hmm. that's why it doesn't get as much recognition because, but even though The Ritual has gotten much more recognition, and that's a Netflix exclus. You know what I mean? It's weird that, like, again, mm-hmm. we were talking about how, you know, people that believe in aliens are crazy, but people that believe in ghosts, it's okay. Like, <laughs> like, it, it, uh, it, if there's a good film on Netflix, is anyone watching? And it's like, yeah, people are watching it, but it's so there's so much stuff that goes on Netflix alone
0: that yeah, it's like yeah. almost forgotten. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like,
1: oh, did I see up like like you even you, you saw a you know this film and like you didn't remember? So like. No, yeah, another thing. No. And it's a weird thing because, like, when I'm watching this, I'm like, like, I, I, I joked with Corinne about it. I was like, and I knew, it, like, exactly why you picked this film. But then when you said you even remembered while watching it, it's like, so like it, 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 it. But I could see why you picked it because this does one. It's it's just a it's a good it's a good film. But like, it also it's like little atypical of a lot of these culty films because it goes. And, you know, this film's like this, but, like, for some reason, this one just, I don't know, I was just intrigued the whole time with the beliefs and, like, just, you know, how one man that's been so, you know, destroyed by one, like, realizing that God wasn't coming to save him and his people, his, his, you know, his own congregation, that he goes, basically, he's, got to be dead by not only his sister, so we wouldn't even get into that. Where then this, these people kidnap this woman, his yep. sister, because she comes from a, a, a family of like rich, you know, like like they're rich family. Yeah, they they need money practically. Right. They need money to survive. Right, right. Because not only because they they do they need money because there's no money coming in. There's also the fact that the deity's not producing. Yeah, what they need you know like mm-hmm. the, the, the the crops aren't growing like the, the and the other creepy thing where we see it and again it's 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 shown not told is any new birth that's become on this island is tainted in some way yep. and yeah. like and like so when you see this like calf come out and like it's it's, it's black it's... black and I'm like oh it's black philip here and <laughs> But it's like split in half, and, and the way he, like, Quinn just takes it and just dumps it in the bucket, and it's still alive. And like, oh my god, but, 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 but the way he does that, you're like, not only is that so cruel, but you're like, this is not the first. This has been going on for a while, mm-hmm. and not only that, when you look at the, the three guys, you know, the three of them that started this, each one has a child but we do yep. not but we do not see their mothers because from w- only one little bit of dialogue of um Thomas Michael Sheen's daughter oh sh- my mother died when I was born so it seems like all of them died when their child was born it's not told you it's it's not but i think that's what it is
0: that's, think about you know, that. I never, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't pick up on that. That's actually, that's really interesting. Yeah, um, and, and it tells you something that, like, it seems like this deity
1: just taints, like, births in a way. But, like, for some reason, the, you know, the three, you know, the, the son of the other guy and the two daughters, you have, when Quinn believes that now his daughter, when she is impregnated, that the child is going to be some sort of abomination, and of course, at mm. first you're like, oh, he's just being a crazy, you know, like father. But then you're like, oh, no, he because he's dealt with all these calves that are." and then none of that from from, like I said, from the other girl saying that, like, oh, my mom died in birth. You're like, oh, OK. So this is like not only will you have like a, a tainted child, but the daughter's
0: probably going to die. Like in, you know, thinking about how, what you just laid out too, it, it's like you may be worried that your daughter is going to give birth to a tainted child, but also that is in a way your own fault because what seems to be happening is this deity is poisoning the ground that you are living off of almost out of revenge for what you are doing to her. So it's this self-destructive cycle, basically that it's that it's, you know, you have yourself to blame for what is happening because of what you are doing to this deity who really just, doesn't want to hang around anymore.
1: Well, and and that's the thing, because like again, like a lot of the, a lot of these cults are usually the deity or something is. Not, I'm not going to say evil always per se, but like, like again, like the ritual, this thing was like, is kind of like all encompassing and is a little bad, but also just it does what it does. She's like almost like this lost. Like when they find her, she's just. It it's almost like she wanted to be found, but like then they they took it away. That was totally you're you're exploiting this deity. But like you know, and again, you don't know the history of this deity. You don't know it. She's just known as her,
0: and I kind of like that. Where you're like, what what was she doing before they came? It's it's one of the the things that this film does great um, is that it it hints at larger stories yes, or yes. backstories, but doesn't. Because, like, we know, so has this woman... So, as we see at the very end, yeah, Dan Stevens' character is going is sort of going to become the next embodiment of, like, the guardian of this island. Yes. So, yes. that leads to questions such as, is that what happened to this woman? Is the woman a manifestation of that? Or was she, you know, did she become a guardian for some reason? Um, also, even in, like, you, you see a bit of the kineticism of gareth evans like action directing especially when dan stevens breaks free from those two guards oh yeah that's and that's like wait what happened in his past that he is capable of doing this what stories does he have what has he experienced after he fell out of becoming or or out of he fell out of being a missionary what life did he eventually lead to lead him to being a drug addict that everyone thought was dead right um or and and even and even just like yeah what I don't need to know the larger strokes of this group's theology and what they believe in. No. I just need to know enough to understand why they are why they're doing what they're doing.
1: And 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 the yeah. thing is also no, and what I, what I love about it too is when we see when Dan Stevens like gets away and he finds that like cave where mm-hmm. there's there's cave paintings of this yep. of this deity and Exodus is written on the wall and you have all this stuff. So this has been going on for we don't know how long, and mm-hmm. and again, like the bigger story is the one we make up for ourselves. Like like we start to, what we know of like this kind of like you know folklore and stuff. Like, well, this has been going on for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. This is like, may, maybe caveman paintings. Like we don't like we don't know how long this has been going on for, and that's like scarier because again, and that's kind of where it comes into the whole like. I could see why people think Lovecraftian because of something that's been around, but maybe even before people. Mm -hmm. You know, she looks to be a person. We don't know. And and she's... But as opposed to a lot of Lovecraftian beings of sorts, you know, like old gods, she doesn't want to be an old god anymore. She's just tired. And that's kind of... And and, and that's really... And that's actually very telling too because she's existing because that's all she knows. mm -hmm. You know, like, feed me... And I'll grow, you know, I'll grow stuff. But like, and then she has like that, that weird ward, like with the wrapped face of like, like, you know, like splinters and stuff around his face, you know, like the, and like, who's he? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to tell you, but it's like, okay, but I could, but I believe that. Okay, this, this is a, who who knows who this guy is and how long he's been around just feeding stuff to her.
0: The biggest question that I have, which I'm glad that the movie doesn't, Yeah. Get into is what is the deal with the character that they credit as the grinder, which is that masked lurching thing, which seems to be a a, an apostle of the deity, uh, or or is it some type of um I I don't know. Like I'm very curious because you just you see it in the background of some shots, and then you eventually like it doesn't talk, just kind of grunts reacts. An axe seems like and it's funny because the the character um the actor that portrays him is a guy named Sebastian McShane, who if you go on IMDb, that's literally the only credit he has. Um if you Google him, he is a yoga instructor from Bristol, United Kingdom. <laughs> um so they clearly just someone that they cast for basically how he can move his body and it's very effective. Oh yeah, it, uh, it, it,
1: it didn't look real sometimes right away. He was moving. You're
0: like, oh god. No. So
1: now it makes sense. Yeah, yoga instructor,
0: okay. And, and so like, there's a story there, like, I want to know it. I don't want the film to divulge it because I just kind of want like, okay, so there is a, a, some type of lore here. And maybe was he a guardian of the deity? Did his corruption come in, you know, also affect him when she was corrupted? Like, how does that work? And yeah, it, it just, this movie does a great job of like giving you enough to kind of like pepper the world with details, but also just let you, think and wonder too. It's, it's, it was really cool. Yeah. I mean,
1: I'm, I'm just trying to think of like, you know, like scenes alone in this film that like, were just like, okay, like another scene that like really. So, okay. So one of the things that I loved was, you know, Dan Stevens, character, Thomas is going there with whatever bounty that these people want. Like supposedly he does mm. have it on him and he knows his ticket has been marked. So when he does, the switcheroo with that other believer, said, a
0: poor guy, yeah. poor
1: guy, yeah. But he's not a poor guy because the way he takes that animal and throws it off the oh boat, yeah, and
0: throws it out,
1: yeah uh, Right there, I go, okay, you're you're kind of scummy too, but because he has that ticket and he does a switcheroo, good thing he did because that was it's it's known. Oh, you're you're the person that has the money, like it's like the tell. Okay, you're you know you're you're the patsy, and that guy gets tortured. But I like I what I love is like. Michael Sheen's character knows this is not the guy because he like he's like there's no way this guy you you're beating him up even if he was, he wouldn't tell you and like if he hasn't told you already mm-hmm. and he and you could tell Sheen's character does feel bad for this guy like he's like uh and yeah. because he also feels bad because they have to kill him now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, obviously you know, and then like Quinn doesn't give a shit, he doesn't take you know this okay, slash the throat, goodbye. Let's yep. let's feed him to the deity. So then, when we get the next scene of like really tense, you know, uh, just a tense nature is when Sheen gets everybody, like the new, the new men that have come to the island, kneel before me, and now you must read from the book, but off the top of your head.
0: Off the top of your head, yeah. And
1: right away, I'm like, oh, he's found out. This guy's fucked. And then. It's- it builds Ugh. and then when we see him taking out his blade right you know and then you see this other guy take
0: out his blade you're like, yeah, Wait, it's a what's going on here <laughs> it's a great tense scene and just evans is such an effective director yeah. um yeah. i was wondering one thing about his direction because like it, there's there's so little action in this and when it happens it makes oh. it significant and it also yes. feels natural and organic to the story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm wondering if in in the scene when Quinn is um, fighting off and eventually um, oh, uh, framing Jeremy. Yeah, poor Jeremy, um, yeah. I was wondering if, like, it seems like the frame rate is, I don't know if it's cranked up or cranked down, but it seems like it's playing out a little bit faster than normal action would be. I, I know which, what you're saying. I know what you're saying.
1: I don't know. It, That's a good question. Like, Again, We'll never get a Blu-ray release of this film because it's on Netflix. It's Netflix, yeah. So, like, I would want a commentary track with him. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you know, when you... The Raid films seem like they're, fast, you know, faster paced. But it's just these people are so amazing at what they're doing. Sure, yeah. But, like you said, you know, Quinn's an older gentleman. Jeremy's not, you know, like, they're not action people. Mm -hmm. They're doing an action scene. But it's, like, it's a very... Like, again, I'd have to rewatch that scene to see if it's, like, cranked up a little bit or is is it just shot differently like with a different type of camera like to get those scenes because like when you like you said when the action happens it is to the point and it's like so fast that that it ends because that's real fighting it's not like the raid is so great because it's like a video game where they're fighting for like 20 minutes non-stop and you're like holy shit these guys yep. are, are unstoppable this is like you know, an old guy that's powerful fighting a, a younger guy that's not known to be a fighter, but he's so enraged that he could get a few cuts in because of his rage, because he's he's killed the love of his life. He loved her so much that I'm going to kill you now. And then, of course, that's why that's his comeuppance, because he went for revenge right away. Quinn can show, look, he's he's a blasphemer. Yeah, my
0: daughter, you know, I'm like, oh, you scumbag. Like, you (laughs) scumbag. And and that's the thing. I think if this effect is there and it wasn't just me seeing, like, like looking too deep into something or just noticing something which isn't there, you can kind of see that like a similar effect in like action sequences from Sam Raimi. But the context there is with Sam Raimi, it kind of plays into a little bit of zaniness. Yes. In Apostle here. Yeah you have the same, you know, actual like practical effect that you're applying to something, but it has a different emotional effect because of the context of what's happening around it in which I think it makes it more brutal. Yes. Like, like it feels like the blows are landing harder. The hits are more visceral and more like intentional. Like it, like that whole fight sequence is not overly bloody, but like it felt, it felt really brutal to me.
1: And it felt like, any, any like cut or stab or punch or whatever could be the last. Like you didn't yeah. know when. That, and then again later on when we have the comeuppance of Quinn and like when he's stabbing him, and like he's holding. You know, you know, Thomas is holding the blade. And no, oh, <laughs> no, and no, and and what's even better, Quinn is such a great fighter because he's so especially in his new mindset he's he a burly the, dude he does the quick rabbit stabs to the side the like kidney yeah. stabs and thats yep. and that's ultimately thomas's come up
0: going his
1: demise but like it's so good and then yeah like i love like what, <laughs> what i love about a good fight or a good like you know you know brutal fight scene is like when the 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 sister finally has had enough and just pounds, Quinn mm-hmm. right in the face with the the part of the wall, like just, and <laughs> and of course that's like, knocks him silly, and then we have Thomas just the blade and pulling it down, but but, but again, neck, neck down to, to, to crotch, but but Oof. again, it's visceral, it's violent, but we don't see it opened up and like you know his guts coming out. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like. He's not, they're not telling you. It's like, we're going to show you, but we're not going to show you the full extent because we've shown you other stuff. Like when Jeremy goes through the torture in front of everybody and like, you know what's happening because you see the way this contraption is built where it's crushing, oh, yeah. you know, the vice is crushing his head to the point where he can't even hear anymore. You know, like his, and the eyes are, ble- you know, the it's, way the shot is done. Yeah, it's yeah. so mm-hmm. it's so terrible and like, this thing that's so barbaric that you 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 definitely know Quinn Quinn built that himself. That's something Quinn built mm-hmm. to torture people because he just likes. That's why what he did on the mainland he he tortured people. That's that's what he did. That's what he liked to do. I, you know what I mean? I,
0: I like. I like the now. There are certainly this movie is not devoid of close-ups. I mean, especially yeah, Once they're, once they're, once they're done on Jeremy, you see the hole they've carved in his head, and, and of course when when uh, Thomas has his oh fingers, fingers. torn off. But I, I do I do also appreciate Evan's commitment to like a wide shot in this movie, especially when it's like where there's different layers of action and action happening. I mean, the grinder you first see him in the background yes. of another shot yes. when yes. Michael Sheen is talking to the deity um he's the
1: one that let, it, lets him in but you don't see his face the first time mm-hmm. you see him you're like who's this guy oh he yeah. must be he must be just another guard then you're like yeah. oh no okay you're you're something else
0: okay grinder. are grinding it, it, I it's, love this, that was, name. this was, this, was <laughs> this is such a good a good effective movie it's got it's got great tension it's got great pacing and it's shot well like like again oh, yeah. the the first shot of the film like
1: is this great like you know just shot of the train coming mm-hmm. and right like right away I'm like why this okay if anything no matter what at least I'll I'll be able to say this film is shot well like cuz like right away from the start you're like wow this is and again I I I'm familiar with Garrett Effin's action work so I'm like yeah I know the guy can shoot a good you know a good scene but like this is not like his other films like if you know people like oh I love the raid films. Well, I don't know if you like the Apostle, like Apostle. I don't know if you like this one because it's not the same, but yet, that's kind of what I like about a good director, especially a good like. You could say he feels like a like an exploitation filmmaker, but uh, but I don't want to use that as like like you know that a lot of times people think of that as a negative term, like right. It's, but like this is a guy that I can see easily fit into the seventies and or the eighties making these really fun or like great, like he'll do an action film, then he could do in a horror film. It doesn't matter because he's just a talented filmmaker and that's what he wants to do. And that's what I like, you know, and then again, you know, gangs in London is the last thing I think Garrett Evans did like five episodes. And then he's working on three films right now, but like, yeah, but it's a shame like five years and he hasn't done another film. What, what's, what's wrong with this picture? But then again, I think it was four years between The Raid 2 and Apostle. So, like, that's also a thing where, like, you could tell he really wants to work on stuff he wants to work on. He, like, what, I mean, hell, one of the things he's supposedly working on is a Deathstroke movie. But who knows if that's happening because of the whole right. James yeah. Nunn, and, you know.
0: And he, you know... um so in, in just a, a quick tidbit. So the cinematography is done by a guy named Matt Flannery, who has worked on the cinematographer of everything Gareth Edwards has done except for his his VHS short. Yeah. Um, but his every feature that he has done, um, Gareth Edwards has done. Flannery has shot it for him. Yeah, I think like a lot of people, a lot of filmmakers, Gareth Evans got held up by the pandemic. I know he eventually moved. He used to live in Jakarta. He moved yeah. back home to Wales where he was born. Um, and yeah, I think he was hung up on that too. He was also attached to, uh, a dark Avengers movie for a while. And then yes. it's like, he dropped out of that. So I think he probably got held up by a few things of being in development. It's like, no, I, I'm, this is not going to work out. So now he is getting back to the stuff that he wants to do. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, this guy, he's such he's a such great, talent. Yeah. He's a talent. Yeah. A, a great, exciting filmmaker who I embarrassingly always got mixed up with Gareth Edwards. Well,
1: uh, you know what? I think whenever I would talk about him, I would mistakenly say Gareth Edwards, who I also mm. like, you know, we also like Gareth Edwards, but it's like, they're <laughs> two completely different
0: filmmakers. Well, and, you know, speaking of a guy that hasn't made a movie in a while. That's true. Wow.
1: You know, it, and that's weird. I, I Really, you think to yourself, what's, like, certain filmmakers, like, why is why aren't they making more? But again, the pandemic, you know, it's taken a toll on a lot of people. And also, like we said, um, Evans created the Gangs of London show. So, like, that. He's, like, the creator and showrunner of that. So, like, yeah, that does take a long time, too, you know. And supposedly, that's gotten great reviews, too, which I'm like, okay, now I'm going to have to watch... I'm going to have to watch a TV series now? God damn it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, and that's... And, you know, making a a TV series is, you know, is is no small task. I mean, I know Guillermo del Toro, I don't think they've greenlit a second season of Cabinet of Curiosities, but I, I think he has also said, like, he would do it, yes. but he'd have to think about it because it's basically like making you know ten feature so, films, yeah, yeah, all the time, um, yeah. And just looked up Gareth Edwards here. Um, it's yeah. kind of funny because he has done something since Monsters, but it, as a production coordinator. Really? Um, his his upcoming yeah. movie is apparently called True Love. There are no details, um, but has a quite extensive cast of people that you've heard of before: Allison mm-hmm. Janney, Jim Chan, Ralph Innocent, Ken Watanabe. Oh, um, okay, and. Ugh, john david washington can we move past him please anyway um but yeah i don't I'm know I'm,
1: I'm, I'm glad i'm not the only one i mean i want to like him but i'm not not the biggest fan but whatever that's well, beside the point
0: yeah that's <laughs> beside the point. um yeah, i don't know i don't know if i have much else to say um uh, i'm i'm really glad we revisit this is not like yeah. i said not love in the slightest in fact quite um contrary to what we yeah. are used to from a Lovecrafting story but still just I'm glad I got to rewatch it. It's, it's really good.
1: Yeah, as opposed to a lot of Lovecraftian and stuff, this one, while while Thomas, you know, Dan, you know Dan Stevens' character does become one with the land and is now like the savior, which is funny to think that also Michael Sheen is stuck there now too, um, by himself, <laughs> like, nobody left. But um, it is a hopeful ending because the people get away. His sister is going to live like you'll, you. You want to believe a sister's going to live a beautiful life away from here, and. Mm-hmm. And Stevens, even though he's quote like he's he's passed on his you know his uh you know bo- his body is no longer his you know his own. It's the you know it's part of the land. It's kind of a weird. He's almost like while the while the the the, the plants are growing inside him, while you know what while he's quote unquote dying, it's not like depressing. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 weirdly like hopeful, and you're like, how is that hopeful? Like it's still like kind of like sad, but no, it's not. It's not our usual. Oh, there's no hope, and this is no matter what was going to happen. Yeah, this is meant to be. No, no, this there were choices
0: made, as opposed well, to he, this is this is destined to be. He's got he does have like you know a smile on his face. I think you can say at the end when all that is happening to him. Right. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's happy. It, it is a happy ending because it is, it is the the completion of a journey from disbelief into belief. And I mean, we have, there's a, a quote that is a, that Thomas says like the promise of the divine is but an illusion. Nothing in this world is pure except for Jennifer, my sister, except, yeah. you know, he sees it like uh, the promise of the divine is, is not, an illusion that there is something and it might just be existence the land you know a balanced people but like he sees that there is something you know worth existing for yeah and so yeah i I think it's it's a it's a at first doesn't seem like the happiest of endings but they think about like no this is yeah actually this this really is it's kind of cool
1: yeah it's probably the Um, the best ending they could have had like you know like he could have had even though he, he did save his sister. So that's all he wanted mm-hmm. to do. He didn't care about his own yeah. self. So, hey, you know what? He got what he needed. And he saw hope in the world where Michael Sheen's daughter wasn't a piece of shit. Like, she was actually <laughs> a good person. You know what I mean? She, like, she was protective of his sister, even though she didn't know that was his sister. She just... Yeah. Don't treat her like an animal. Like, she's a person. You
0: know? And, and I mean, that, that's probably, as you mentioned... that. Uh, at the end of the day, um, the most important thing is like, yeah, his his sister is out and safe. Yeah. And that's what he set out to do. So. Yeah, so perfect. Wonderful. The hero um, journey. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So I think, you know, that we can we can put a we can put a yeah. bow on our discussion on Apostle. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Once again, apologies for the delay. And, you know, we do we do hope that you are patient with us um, in the future. If we do have any more delays, that is certainly not the. The plan but you know who knows how these things are going to happen um if you want to catch up on back episodes on our show you can find those at um podbean uh, or Cthulhu uh you can also go to battleship and find all of our back episodes there and leave us comments if you want um you don't have to it's, it's fine um you know find us on twitter we are um cast cthulhu there as well as um individually i am nolan fixes teeth and james is wonka kills kids i don't do a ton of Posting on there these days—it's more just kind of following people, yeah. seeing what's going on. Um, you know, we have a Facebook page. We don't really do anything with it. We should probably just shit can it. I mean, you know, why even
1: have that? Yeah, I mean, point? it's a, yeah, it's like, a, you know, is anyone really going on there to find us? Not really.
0: I, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's um that is our show for this episode. Of course, we are returning to the realm of Lovecraft adjacent kind of uh, for our next episode in which we are going to talk about the last Lovecraft Relic of Cthulhu. So not a Lovecraft adaptation, but firmly in the world of H.P. Lovecraft and his creation. So um, should be fun. I'm excited for it, Uh, but we'll see how it goes. I've unlike Apostle, I've never seen this before, so I have no idea what to expect. this, This
1: is one I have seen before.
0: Okay. All right. So um, I
1: actually reviewed it on DVD back in the day, and I (laughs) vaguely remember what I gave it, but uh, we'll we'll talk about that.
0: (laughs) Um, Would it be higher than the 5.4 out of 10 stars that IMDb users have
1: given? If I remember correctly, probably around that same thing.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. Well, um, be sure to tune next time where we'll be reviewing this um, according to IMDb: adventure, comedy, horror, uh, "The Last Lovecraft Relic of the Zoo." In the meantime, we'll be waiting and dreaming with dead Cthulhu in his house in Relia.